Hello, welcome to Soberish. The your podcast host is back from the dead podcast. I know I said I was going to get rid of that, but we all knew I wasn't going to, right? Holy shit. Do I feel amazing? You guys, I almost died in Tennessee. I feel like I need to tell you th- the story of the last 6 months of my life um real quick. This is cla- listen, classic Jessa. I never know that I am in pain or getting fucking wrecked to the extent that I am getting wrecked until after I get out of the situation. I don't I need like a name for the like is there is this a condition where when I'm in trauma I, I like put it somewhere to where I don't even really recognize the trauma until I'm outside of it. Here's what happened. As you all know, I lived in Glendale, California. I loved it. Me and Lola both got the download in like September or November. I was like, I feel like I'm getting relocated out of California. And she said the same thing. And then I'll be damned if we did it. And I'll be damned if we didn't end up both in Arizona. Roden, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, we, me and my kids and my mom was living in my apartment. And I was in the process of getting her moved up to Washington. And then I was going to move to a house in Glendale because my kids love their school. And I didn't want to take them out of that school um, for a while. I did kind of want to move to Arizona, but I was going to wait until after they were out of grade school. So, um, meet Mark. We fall in love. He's going to be working in LA cause he lives in Nashville. So I'm like, well, I'm getting a house in LA sometime between July and August, get a house big enough for all of us. When you're in LA working, you live here, whatever. We're both about to be on the road like crazy. I had just finished writing a comedy special. I was taking it out on the road. I was probably going to be out two weeks out of the month until it was time to record it. And uh, that's where my life was before COVID hit. I was actually out on tour like two days in to like my first little run with the, with the the new hour when COVID hit. So when COVID hits, I make an impulsive decision because we didn't know how this was going to play out. Like, is this going to be the complete collapse and all the states are going to close down the state? You know, it seemed like that's what they were going to do. Man, did I overestimate how organized the government was? Um, or is this going to be a couple week camp out? Whatever. So kids are out of school. I can take the kids like a suitcase, a suitcase for me and a suitcase for the kids. I go out to Tennessee. Um, still have my apartment, whatever. And when I get to Tennessee, I think I was fine. Like I, there was a lot of stress around it. You know, it was maybe not the, the most well thought out plan. And so there was like exterior stress and obviously the stress of society crumbling as much as I sound constantly optimistic about it. Obviously I feel that pressure and stress and a lot of unknowns. Like in that moment it became the aliens were like, hold your hand open. Nothing's guaranteed. Like you have no security. Everything that you have today could be gone tomorrow. And like every single day I'm reminded that I have to stay in that state. I'm going to get into later why that's in your best interest to stay in that state for manifesting. Anyway, I think I was fine. Tennessee's not really my scene, but I was like locked in a house it's definitely energetically not my scene. I definitely don't resonate with, uh, like, you know, Christianity, uh, manners for the sake of manners and like Confederate flags and shit. None of that's, none of that's my vibe for sure. So, uh, I still think I was fine. I think I was putting out a lot of extra content. I think I was feeling it for a while. So about a month in, and I have to look this up to see, I do get bit by a tick. And in case it's not completely obvious to people who see me on social media, my hair is perpetually in a messy bun and I really don't take it out for like a week at a time. But I scratch my head during a live stream and I find a tick embedded in my skull. Mark pulls it out. And what's so weird to me now looking back is that I am from, you know, I've lived in Delaware for a long time. Like I know so many people affected by Lyme disease and it's so wild that I didn't overreact to this, but I'd already been there for a minute and Mark is pulling ticks out of his flesh all day long and he's not sick. 
So I don't know why I'm just like, okay, well, I'll just look out for the symptoms, whatever. But it's on top of my head, so I can't see if there's a bullseye or anything. But that's so, it's just weird. Now I look back, I'm like, what the fuck? Was this supposed to happen? Because Phoenix, my kids have never had antibiotics for anything. I know natural cures for everything. Phoenix got bit by a tick, and I had the second the doctor was open, I had her ass in there and was like, give me these antibiotics. Um, and she was like four. It's just weird. My reaction to it was very strange. Anyway, so I'm like, I'll know if I'm sick. And I think this is when the beginning of the decline happened. The first thing I noticed was that readings became extremely difficult. Like, it was very hard to read timelines. I lost track of the trajectory. And I do think part of this was just that we were spiraling through timelines super fast. But I remember my brain getting very fuzzy and my energy just immediately dipping. So when I lived in L.A., I did eight to nine hours of readings a day for months, seven days a week for a few months. I had my podcast. I had my podcast with Aaron. I did other people's podcasts. I did comedy at night. I had several friendships I was, like, maintaining, several social uh relationships and I was touring I was like out of town a week a month and I still had so much energy that I would have to like dance in my bedroom uh terrifying imagery there for like a half an hour most days I would get depressed like one day a month or whatever I think a lot of times what we think is depression is just like integration maybe like three days a month you know I just uh high very high energy person running circles around people but my energy starts declining, and at first it's cloudy quite a bit. It's a spring, and so I'm like, okay, this is I don't have enough sunlight. I, this, I was doing so well in L.A. because of the sunlight. So I get sun lamps, and they help for like a day, and then, and then I'm, I'm more and more lethargic. And the kids go up to their dads, and at some point we decide, like, we'll hang here for a year because, m you know, the economy's collapsing, and we are, like, touring entertainers, so it seemed financially responsible to consolidate finances for a minute I definitely knew I wanted to be in Arizona but we decided we'll hang here and then August of next year I'll I'll come down um and things just keep declining so halfway through June I hurt my back but I hurt my back sitting wrong in a chair I've thrown my back out one other time and that was doing uh I was like distracted while doing a fucking deadlift and I hurt my, and when I did that and I really fucked my back up, it was fucked up for like a week. Maybe I hurt my back slouching in a chair and I always slouch in every chair. I sit in chairs like an absolute asshole, which apparently is a symptom of being bisexual. I don't know. Google it. Someone else told me about it. I don't recover from that. And then the entire time my back is hurt, I can't bend at the knee because my muscles are garbage and I just keep writing all this stuff off. I'm like, oh, readings are hard because the timelines are changing. And I'm lethargic because the weather here is weird. And I'm used to being out and moving around. And I can't, you know, I haven't been working out. So that's why my muscles are going to shit. I'm thinking like, oh, maybe this is just 43 years old. I'm just writing everything off because this is uh, my adaptability can sometimes be an issue. But there was something at, like, the beginning of June, I was like, there's something in my body. Like, I, like, intuitively could feel that there was something foreign in my body. All my guesses were absurd. But I was like, there's something wrong with my body. But I just didn't even know where to start. You can't even get an appointment with a doctor anywhere. I tried to get uh, an appointment, like, at Planned Parenthood or something, because I was like, I should probably get that checked out. Um, while my back was hurt, my knees felt like they were being electrocuted. Other symptoms I was having were like these crazy shooting pains up the side of my head. My back is fucked up for, I think, like three weeks. And then I have like three good-ish days. And then my lymph nodes swell up. And every time I've ever had, anyway, it looked like I had marbles in my neck. Then I get a fever. Then I get all these other symptoms. And at that point... My body is covered in these, these red marks that look like mosquito bites, but they're flat. They don't itch. They don't hurt. And I guess in retrospect, they were little, little um, uh, fucking bullseyes. 
but or target marks or whatever but like i never heard i i know so many people with lyme disease i never heard multiple of them until i started talking about my symptoms and i'm sick for two weeks at about like 12 days mark gets sick but mark's symptoms are different than mine so we both go to the doctor at the same time doctor appointments are crazy they like come out to your car now and they test us for, because mo- I have a lot of like mono type symptoms, they test us for mono. They're pretty positive. I have COVID. His tonsils, tonsils are white, so they test his tonsils. By this point, I'm like not doing readings anymore. I'm barely getting content out. I'm like missing podcasts all the time. I'm like, sh- I am struggling. And by by mid-June, I was, early June, I guess, I was horizontal at all times. I started to notice, like, I couldn't sit up. I was, like, laying down all the time. Chronic headaches also. I don't know why I'm giving you guys my fucking health. This is crazy to me. This is fucking nuts. I still don't really realize, because I I do start to say, like, there's something wrong with my body, but I'm just writing it off to, like, Tennessee's not my scene. Like, this is what, I'm just like, I don't know. Uh, My body's not reacting well to, to the fact that, you know, our lives have changed so much. I don't know. Uh, they test us for all this stuff. The results come back. The doctor was pretty sure I had COVID, but then it wasn't. Um, and then I decide I'm just like, he gets better. I don't get better. And I'm like, I just have to get out of here. I, I have to go down to the sun and see if that changes. Like, I don't know what, whatever. There's also a bunch of stress around, you know, stuff there. And I'm like, we just decided it's the best. I'll just go to Arizona and we'll f- see what's up. And as I'm leaving town, I think I did at this point, I'm like, I wonder if this is a tick thing. So I call the doctor and I'm like, I have a, like, I got bit by a tick a couple months ago. And now that I think about it, my knees have been aching. I don't have, I, my muscles are weak. I have chronic headaches. Like I list off all the shit. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a tick like one of several tick-borne illnesses. Why didn't you mention that? I was like, well, he was sick too, so I just assumed it was something. I'm an idiot. I assumed we had something contagious. And so she said, well, he's actually got strep C, which I I think you have also. So I'm going to give you an antibiotic for both, whatever. So as I'm leaving town, I take the first antibiotic pill and I go up to Chicago to visit the kids. When I get there... I am already feeling better the next morning. I am feeling like a million... Bu- oh, shit. That just reminded me I got to take my antibiotics. Shit. Maybe watch me get this back. Um, and when I get to Chicago, I've now uh, decided that it was Tennessee. Tennessee was just making me sick, and then I need to go live somewhere else. Now that I am nine days into antibiotics, I feel like my entire life has changed. Like, I didn't even realize how fucked up I was. When I think back, it feels like I had mud in every part of my body. Like, it was like poison mud, and it was in my brain. It was in my joints. It was like killing... My finger was starting to, like, do some weird bend sideways, and like it felt like it was broken. Insane. That rash went away. It's nuts anyway um i think i was i think i got absolutely fucking wrecked by a tick but i just like thought there were so many variables if that had happened to me in la i would have been like there's something wrong with my body but i was like i'm sad i'm depressed am i you know i had a fantastic life it's gone this is a new relationship this is going faster than we were planning on it going there's just a lot you know what i mean there's a there's a lot of variables i do not like Nashville, the house is nice. I do not like uh, this, you know, sorry. Sorry, I know you guys live in Nashville. I'm so sorry. I'm really not trying to shit on Nashville. I am someone who needs constant sun, and um, that's it. No offense to, I mean, but you guys know, right? Um, I, like, plug into the collective, and the collective is a little, you know what they are. Anyway, I'm sure you guys are great. I love you. Please don't be mad at me. Please don't send me. It's beautiful. Do not get me wrong. It is beautiful. I'll just edit that part out. Anyway, hold on. I have to go take this antibiotic. So now that my brain is working again, there are a few different things. Number one, um, I do feel like some of you got foggy-ass readings from me. And um, 
I don't like the feeling of that, right? So um, if you feel like your reading sucked while my brain was being eaten by a tick, I want to make that up to you. That will probably be later in August. You can shoot me an email, though, and um, we'll get that figured out. I'll put together like a code or something and give you a free reading. Um, you shoot me an email now. I'm telling you now I probably won't be able to get that done till late August because Imagination Project is launching. I did suddenly move to Arizona. I fucking love it here. I just found a house. No Mark and I did not break up. We're going to have a long-distance relationship as originally planned. It's just going to be a little bit more difficult, you know, with a pandemic. Now we'll be driving across the country to visit each other, but um, Mark's a fucking gem. However, interdependence is do what is in your best interest. They do what is in their best interest. And then when it lines up, it lines up, right? And my codependency is like, what's in your best interest? And then I'll just dump everything for them. So this was an important lesson in that. He has a music studio in Tennessee. He's very connected to that house. He wants to be there. Um, I'm very connected to the um, never-ending sun. Thank you, everyone, for warning me that it's hot here. Uh, you're just turning me on. I hope you know that. Everyone's like, you don't know how hot it is here. And I'm like, uh, you don't know how much I love that. Uh, perhaps I am some sort of sun goddess of destruction. You know what I mean? Anyway, Imagination Project. want to go over this real quick because I think there's some confusion about what Imagination Project is. This is what the, the launch is going to be. Imagination Project is, one, going to be a network for people. This part of the website might be done by the time of the other, but it's a lot. It's a lot of moving parts. Um, someone else will be running that. I'll have her on the podcast soon to talk about that. I'm not really going to be too connected with that part so that you guys have space for yourself. I do um, want to put something in there for people who are getting to know their craft and want to offer free or discounted readings so you can practice. Um, we're trying to put together some type of wealth distribution thing where if you have a financial need, you can put a thing up. People who feel led, sorry to use Christian lingo, can um, contribute to people, so on and so forth. My baby in the Imagination Project is providing services, mental health, readings, like whatever, um, intuitive counseling in like a five package, five, five, um, five session package with different people um, who I'm working with closely to people who are going through the awakening who can't afford those things. The idea is kind of like here's a um, here's a quick initiation into your like kind of getting people on their feet who are getting slammed down in 5D. You know, we talked about it before. So that's my baby and imagination project. And that is a part of the website that should be launched in the next couple of weeks. Um, I have to do some moving real quick, but um, by August 15th. And then I've been watching the news closely. I think they're probably going to extend the unemployment and the, the uh, halt on evictions, but um, we're preparing some stuff for in case they don't do that. Um, this is one starfish back to the ocean type stuff, but um, we're putting something together to create uh, rent relief for people who are facing eviction. I will announce some more stuff on that soon on the podcast because we are, uh, Imagination Project's going to put money in that. And then also, um, if you want to contribute, that's something that you'll be able to contribute soon. I'm trying to figure out a way that like nobody's ever directly contributing to me because I, I just have this feels like a nightmare and I don't want to have to answer to a bunch of stuff. So I'm trying to figure out if there's a way to just create a network where people put up a need and then you can contribute or whatever. But we are looking at a GoFundMe also and we'll just put together a group of people who are in charge of that for um, accountability's sake. So, and what else? I do want to talk. I have so many fucking downloads right now. So let me think. Is that everything else? I am doing readings weirdly. I was like, I'm never in the space to do readings anymore. So I have been doing readings. I've mostly been just letting patrons know if those things are opened up. But from now on, I will open up readings for that week on Mondays and Thursdays. So if you want to book a reading, look 
on the website on Mondays and Thursdays, and you'd be able to book for the next few days. Uh, what was happening before is people were booked. I was like booked out a month in advance. And by the time we got to do the reading, people were like, I don't even remember why I booked this or the thing is over. And uh, I was also like committing to time. And then I needed to leave town. I was constantly moving readings around. Also, my brain was being eaten by a tick. I don't know if I acknowledged that before. So I um, now we're just doing it a few days out. I'll know if I'm available. I think I'll probably be doing them a couple weeks, a month, whatever. Something I completely forgot until I stopped doing readings is that a lot of the downloads that I get for the collective, a lot of the idea of where the tides are tar turning come as a result of doing a ton of personal readings because I notice all of these um, patterns showing up in people's readings. So that has been really helpful. I've been doing a lot of readings since I got to Arizona because I'm just sitting in a hotel room by myself, but, um, and feeling fucking jacked. Have I mentioned that? Have I mentioned I got my brain back? Anyway, sorry. I am pretty annoying. Um, so Mondays, there's some open right now for this week, and then I'm probably taking a couple weeks off for the move and for Imagination Project stuff, but Mondays and Thursdays, jessareed.com, you can book your reading. Then, all right, download time. I can never read my fucking handwriting. All right, first of all, Arsenal. We talked a little bit last week about Arsenal energy, and I want to clarify that being an asshole is not Arsenal energy. Arsenal is just not every time you feel like popping off and being a fucking dick, okay? These are not the same thing. Aggro is not the same thing. I can't believe I'm bringing aggro back. Do you remember that from, like, 98? Um... Being hyper-aggressive, while is a normal part of the human experience, definitely while we are in the pressure cooker of this ascension, is not the same thing as arsenal energy. Arsenal is the Pac-Man of old energy. So it's not old energy, old systems, okay? So the patriarchy, white supremacy, um, sexism, racism, capitalism you know like like all of these things that are all about the self and selfishness and hate and standing on other people to climb ladders um you know anti all the imbalances okay all of these things uh gender programming fear-based programming that is what Arsenal does. It tears that down. So when that work is done, there will be no need for an Arsenal energy anymore. It is just, it is the wrecking crew that tears down the old building so the new building can be built, okay? So if you just feel like screaming at people, you are not innately in Arsenal energy. I have space for the fact that we all get pretty, like mad but um a lot of times people are resisting the thing falling apart and then calling that arsenal that's probably not it it's the old systems coming down it's okay that sometimes you're resisting old things coming down like we're all we're all growing man you should have heard my dumb ass when people started talking about rape culture who was i there to defend rapists i was like oh so now you're gonna tell me Every guy that ever fucked me when I was asleep is a rapist. It's like, yes, Jessa, we are going to tell you that. I need to find another example. But um, I did eventually grow and expand and realize that that was my own internalized misogyny. Women can be misogynist, too. So, yeah, anyway, stop. Arsenal's not an excuse to be a dick. However, Arsenal sometimes has to push and fight and yell to change the collective... Um, premise of reality, okay? So they are uh, sometimes kind of annoying, social justice warriors. We talked about this last week. Um, what else? I started to get into something else there. Here's a download about Twin Flames that I'm not going to get too far into right now, but um, I posted something. I think I only posted it in Patreon because I left Facebook before this about over souls and group souls and avatars and my current working theory on twin flames is that your higher self has to play multiple avatars because your higher self is just big right and twin flames are your other avatars i think there's more than one 
and I think they are like the show Sense Eight. I'm saying working theory, but this is this is it. Um, the show Sense Eight, where all these people are connected. So I think the reason that the connection with the twin flame feels so intense and magical and you're in each other's dreams and you're psychically connected and you're triggering as fuck and the sex is great, like all of that is because that's you. That's just one of your other avatars. And I don't, you know, we're not to the point where we fully understand how consciousness works and splits to get into the third dimension, but that's it. So if you're still trying, there's a big shift happening for the twins right now where they're like closing this thing out, they're forgiving, whatever. I do think some twin souls, same thing, you know, their other avatar, but they live together fine. There's, n there's not drama, whatever. Some of them can live together. I think most of what we experienced at these, as these twin flame dynamics that were like heavily triggering and, you know, balls out fighting and missing each other, runner chaser dynamic, all this shit from like roughly 2017 to 2020, but some longer, some shorter. Um, the point of that twin flame program was to accelerate your ascension. Most people will tell you that they're twin flame, that they miss or longing for whatever, changed their life, like woke them up, and that that's how they woke up somehow. So that's kind of the point. So if you think like a higher self has the same, uh, you know, they have the same, their soul is trying to learn the same lessons, they bring a couple of their avatars together. And those avatars trigger the fuck. It's like the most intense mirror you can possibly have. So it accelerates your ascension process. And that was kind of the point of it. That sensation that we'll definitely end up together is because, yeah, it's you. So, yep. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it's endlessly volatile, it, volatile? Why can't I ever fucking, anyway, is because it's a, it's so transformative that it never stops being transformative. So in order to be in each other's lives, it's like uh, we are going to die and be reborn a million times, which most people don't want. That's not quite the same thing as life partner energy, you know? So don't at me about this. Uh, if you and your twin are working it out, that's great. Um, if you have this great, beautiful relationship, maybe it's a soulmate, maybe it's your twin. I don't know. None of this is like cut or dry one way or the other I can tell you for those of you who haven't seen your twin in a year and you're like why do I still think about them why do I still have dreams about them why do I still like and then there's shame and guilt for those feelings whatever it is helpful to just be like oh that's me and to me that was always a determining factor when people would say this person's my twin I say does I does it feel like they are you and nine times out of ten they say yes and I'm like all right well then that's that's what a twin is. Every toxic relationship is not a twin flame relationship. Um, karmics tend to be, uh, can get pretty toxic as well. And it also, the defining it doesn't really matter, except for they never go away. Twins never, they never leave your thoughts. And so I think a lot of people think, why can't I get over this relationship? And you don't, you're not, it's you. It's you. They were there in your consciousness before you met them. Just once you met them, you could identify that. And uh, now you feel like you're still longing. You can't get over it. How will I ever, ever move on? Whatever. And then there's like, wh where will I ever find a connection this, this magical? Um, you probably never find a connection that powerful, but you'll find that uh, that power is a little bit of a trauma bond and you know you're addicted to the cycles and stuff and you'd be fine you'd be fine you find love trust me it's pretty great anyway i wanted to there's a um there's some closure happening for the twins something that came up in one of the readings on patreon was that there's kind of a closing out of a cycle with the twins and some people are afraid to let go of their resentments and right now we're kind of in an energy of realizing that you like looking at your side of the street and some people are afraid to let go of the resentments because they feel like that's the last thing they have in the relationship. So um, that's something to take into consideration. All right. We are going to talk about abundance. I'm going to talk about manifesting reality. I'm going to talk about the... Um, the next few months. So uh, things are a little more clear now that we're close. Some things I still don't know. I don't know like what happens with the election or whatever. 
November feels the most um, wild card to me. I do know that Mars goes retrograde September 9th. So everything I'm about to talk about is something that we want to pull off before September 9th. I, I have information for what everyone should be doing in August. Okay, so here's some of the downloads that I got. The split is getting greater, which means people who are awake, if you're listening to this podcast, you are awake. All I mean by awake is you're aware reality is not real. Okay, so we all go through, we all fall back asleep because of, when you fall back asleep, it's when you're working through your shit. Okay, so when the matrix says your money problems are real, your health problems are real, you're what, you know, and then you go into it. This other person is responsible for your feelings. You go into it and you figure it out while asleep. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's just exactly how it works. Okay. The matrix is collapsing. All the systems within the matrix are collapsing. And by matrix, I just mean the fake reality. Okay. So the people who are awake are going to be doing this hide your consciousness in the sixth dimension thing. Okay. So you're going to go to the higher timelines. There are higher timelines available within the matrix that are less volatile. Okay, so there are people who are living in fucking hell right now, and then there are people who are fine. They're not necessarily in the higher timelines. A lot of people just, their matrix experience is easy and way privileged. Okay, that's going to shift at some point. Shit's going to hit the fan again for the next few months. I think the fall is going to be pretty jarring. I can't tell if it's more jarring before... But the gods, and by gods I mean people who are consciously creating their reality, the gods are going to get more and more separate. So remember that dream I had about they're like, we will live up here in the clouds, and every once in a while they'll reach their arms out and we'll help them get up, okay? Now there are two ways to deal with things while the world is suffering and the, the old paradigm is ending. One of those things is to choose to identify with the things that are dying and die with it and suffer with it. And you can do that. And I, I weirdly get tempted to do that. There are a lot of us who want to have like, okay, well, my life is worse than your life contest. It's a strange, a strange compulsion. I don't recommend that because you don't get bonus points for that. You're just going to suffer more. Um, the download that I got is hang out on the higher timeline and be of service to the lower timelines. You're far more productive and useful as a light worker, barf, if you manifest abundance and then use your abundance to help other people, right? Rather than just like suffering in the trenches. Like it, when you're in the trenches, do you just want more people in the trenches going, yeah, my stuff sucks too. Or do you want people to come to the trenches and bring you food and water and shelter and hope? So that's what we're doing now. I'm going to talk about how to manifest your way out of the trenches in the next four weeks. Get yourself to a higher timeline, start creating abundance, and then use that abundance to help other people. People who have maps, people who have new modalities, people who are healers, people who are image setters. Everyone is supposed to get the fuck to work before September, okay? The real building, I didn't think this was going to happen until next August, but right now it's looking like the real ability to start building the new world is coming in January. I sound so fucking nuts. I can't even deal with it. Hopefully the people who are listening to my podcast have lost interest. But anyway, uh, the collapse is going to be happening for a couple of years. The next three months is really, I think, the the we're going to do like death energy for a little bit and then birth energy and then death energy and birth energy. A fuck ton of people are waking up, like a fuck ton. That's the focus, okay? Your job isn't to wake anyone up. Your job is just to make things as easy for people as possible. So there are people out there getting sick. They're losing loved ones. They can't afford their fucking rent. Like, the collapse of all these systems is ultimately in our best interest, but there are people who are in these systems, and they're getting pummeled by these collapses, and we have to figure out how to help them as much as possible and how to be of service. If you have ideas, do your ideas. If you, have, if you have an idea of a way to make life easier for people, to volunteer things, to create new systems, to help heal people, follow that. Don't wait for Imagination Project to come. Like, follow it. Do it. Be of service. Help. Obviously, send me a message if you have ideas of things you want to do. Or if you are already doing one of these things, I would love to talk about it on the podcast. Dan Donahue 
um, that big dumb idiot. This dude is like out every fucking day. Uh, showers for Hope, I think it's called. It's like uh, showers for homeless people. He's doing clothing drives. Like he doesn't, you know. He has a job. I don't. I think he's laid off because of the apocalypse. Anyway, this person is in twenty four seven service to helping other people there are people out helping the protests i mean there's just a million ways to help and this is really kind of the energy to be in this energy changes the timeline okay so the difference between the old world the codependent model and the new world is like being of service versus being obligated okay so here's a download i got earlier somebody sent me a funny message on instagram this is like all fucking over the place someone sent me a funny tweet on instagram that was like we're 150 trillion dollars in debt in this world who the fuck do we owe it to thanos whatever i'm butchering it that's great i am a professional comedian ladies and gentlemen and as soon as I read that, I got this download that the uh, karmic system, right? So the karmic system is learning unconscious lessons. That system is a debt system. I'm sure you've heard people talk about karmic debt, okay? So it's like you do this thing and now you owe this soul this thing. And like it is a system of taking. It's very parasitic. And that's a lot of what the matrix is. And we do grow. And, you know, it was great for our soul growth. It's a great uh, way to experience duality, whatever. And I don't know a lot about the official take on karmic debt. This is just my alien take. But that system is what's ending. So that's what ended for a, a lot of us in December. And now we are consciously co-creating our reality in an interdependent model. Codependence says, you owe me. You owe me. Well, isn't that what our entire financial system is? Isn't that what every, like the music business is like, if you get a record deal, they loan you money to make the record and then you owe them for the rest of the time. College is like, we'll loan you money to go to school and then you owe us for the rest of the thing. It's a fucking disgusting system that leads to doing things out of obligation. What if you decide you don't want to make music anymore what if you decide you don't want to go into the career what does marriage say right legal marriage is like okay now you owe this person you have to stay there whatever it's all gross interdependence is like hey i'm an autonomous being i'm gonna do whatever i want to do so i know i just told you guys to be of service obviously be of service if it resonates what i have found is that when most people get free of debt and obligation and guilt their heart's desire is to be of service to other people. It's what they want to do. It's what makes their heart sing. Which brings us back to the sixth dimension that if you everyone just did what made their heart sing, everything would work together amazingly. So much of our selfishness and self-serving is just defending ourselves from this constant guilt and obligation being thrown at us, you know? Our society says, like, well, you needed to take care of you and your own. But then it's like, you know, call your mother. All right. So how long have I not shut the fuck up? Okay. Big service to others. Energy, September 9th to December 18th. Okay. Once again, please do not be in of service to others for performative reasons, for guilt reasons, for obligation reasons. If this doesn't resonate with you, this doesn't feel like what you're supposed to be doing. It's just not your energy and it's fine. I'm mostly saying this to people who seeing the collapse, when you see the collapse, you see other people suffering. There is a, um, there is a desire to feel guilty and ashamed, especially if you're in a place of privilege. That is useless. That is so fucking useless. You know what's useful? Use your privilege. Use, your, use the things that you have. If you have abundance, share it. If you have the ability to create abundance, create it for multiple people. Like, just uh, do something anything that that feels true to you if you have a gift share the gift with people who are suffering if you have time share the time and this is what imagination projects website's going to have like just um when it's all put together it's going to have like places for you guys to go and do like find people the need uh 
and to need it. We're gonna have like a I can't think of a way to say it, like a friend program for people who've been to the awakening and they're just like be a friend, you know, like a sponsor in recovery, but not a sponsor, not authority or hierarchy in any way, but just a way to share with people. Okay. So um Mars retrograde starts September 9th. So everything I'm saying do before September 9th. Don't start anything during Mars retrograde. Here's my kindergarten fucking astrology advice. Next week I have an astrologer on. I'm so excited for that. Uh, this week on the Patreon, May Lachey. We're about to record tonight um, for the second bonus episode. All right. So... I would go I'm actually going to do a YouTube video of this that's going to be stupid and funny. But uh, you can Google two-cup manifestation method, all right? The download for the next four weeks is to get to your higher timeline, all right? If you hate your job, uh, where you're living, some of you are in roommate situations that don't want to be in roommate situations, things like this. Abundance is... Is. It just is. It's readily available for everyone. Your programming, and that's not, that's not the same thing as saying you don't have enough faith, okay? Your programming is what blocks abundance. Not that abundance is difficult to attain. That, let that really sink into your head because this is something we are raised to believe that things are difficult that are not actually difficult. We are raised to believe it's hard for me to believe that p poverty programming isn't intentional. It's hard for me to believe um, that there aren't people intentionally keeping people locked in the matrix with poverty programming. But having been raised poor, having been on welfare at some point in my life, like having experienced all these things, it's purposefully made so fucking difficult. And obviously a lot of this is the white supremacist system that is set up. So, and when you're a kid, parents, for some reason, especially like, I don't know if they're still doing it, but like when I was a kid, for some reason, parents love to make you feel guilty about you wasting their money. Don't fucking do this to your kids. Don't talk to your kids about money like it is a difficult thing. It's a stupid fucking thing that boomers had that was like, you have to, kids have to respect money. You didn't make us respect it. You made us fucking terrified of it. The privilege that rich kids like tr like rich kids have more than anything else is their programming around money. They were raised in abundance. They believe that it's going to be easy. They are entitled. I don't recommend raising your kids entitled, but a lot of what people think is teaching your kids responsibility around money is teaching them scarcity. So yelling about you're letting all the heat out, you know, teach them about not wasting resources out of respect for the planet and for their fellow man. That's fine. You know, we don't leave the door open, but I might like parents made it sound like if the fucking door was left open, the heat was going to leave and we were going to freeze to death. You know, uh, not wanting to finish a meal was like, this is, this food cost me. M I have to work to my fingers to the bone to get this money. And like, as a kid, I'm just like, Oh, fucking money's hard. Money's difficult. And then that's how I operated. And I know that when you're like raised, it took me years to get out of this. And I'm trying to get something together that like can explain everything that I figured out in a shorter amount of time. But if you were told your entire life that the floor was going to fall out from underneath you at any moment, you would walk different than somebody who believes that the floor is solid and everything is fine. I've, I've said this before, but it's worth repeating. When I was on drugs, there were, a lot of, there were a lot of us that were raised poor. And then there were some of us who were, like, raised rich. And these kids were cut off from their parents because they were on drugs. They were not getting money from their parents. But we would all, like, take hits. You know, the cops would show up and take everything. We'd fucking, whatever, lose a car, lose a house, whatever. And the rich kids always recovered faster than the rest of us. And this was something I just watched and I observed and I was like, okay, why is it? Because their parents are not bailing them out. There is no trust fund. Why is it that they always recover? And that's because the matrix does what you expect it to do, what you have it programmed at. 
And someone who has been raised rich is far more likely. This is where these people can like file bankruptcy and lose everything and recover over and over again because their baseline is different. When you have gone to bed hungry as a child, you your baseline is so much lower. Your expectation is so much lower. You expect scarcity. And so when I would lose everything, I would I would be like braced and and like adapting to less. Okay. And likewise, when I started to try to create abundance, I did it like magical thinking bullshit. This is why this is why poor people, when they talk about being rich, they immediately go to the fantasy of winning the lottery. Because they don't have like that's it. That's like the that's like the poor person fantasy of of wealth is the lottery because that's like the closest we can perceive because when you're raised poor, that's you're told that's your only fucking chance. Where rich kids are raised being told their whole life that like that's going to be the way that they live. And like, yes, they do get a leg up from their parents, send them to college, whatever. But having been on the streets with these people, I'm telling you that they're energetically, there's something. So the point of all of this is that abundance is not scarce. Um, how do I say this? Abundance is completely available to you at any time. This is a... Uh, battle between you and your programming. And that's not saying that you don't have enough faith. That's saying that the thing that you want to work on is your own programming. So tips for this that I've talked about before. Stop counting dollars at every fucking turn. This has worked for so many people. I talk about my mom is extremely, we we're very poor. She was extremely poverty mentality. And to this day, no matter how much I've done to try to help her with abundance, and she's better than she's ever been, but she would do things that I call like poor people math where she's like, I like these chips, but they're 10 cents more than these generic chips that taste like shit. And I'm like, then why the fuck would you buy the generic chips? And she's like, this is 10 cents. And I buy three bags a week and that's 30 cents, which doesn't seem like much. But then when you add that up, I'm like, why are you doing all of that math? Buy the fucking chips, what you want. And I'm not saying go buy a yacht, but if it is, let's say right now you just set a number that ordinarily would freak you out. If you like something and it's $10 more than uh, you, something you like less, say to your, like commit to yourself that I will spend the $10 on myself and start to say things like, what is $10? That's the thing. My ex-husband was raised um, not poor and uh, I'm so grateful for my time with him because he he would just do this to me. He's like, "What is ten dollars, Jess? You're doing this over ten dollars?" And I would go like, "Okay," and then and then it was, "What is a hundred dollars, Jess? You're going to do this over a hundred dollars?" And by the end, it was like, "What's a thousand dollars? Who gives a shit? Make a thousand dollars." All of the times that you want to be anxious about money, instead of being anxious about money, think about ways to make money. Um, pay attention to the shame cycle. So some people, they go spend money on themselves and then the shame and guilt shows up and they start to feel like overwhelmed and gross and they made a huge mistake. See how that scarcity mentality, if there is an endless, let's say you're standing in front of a river and the river is flowing and you stuck your cup into the river and got some water. I don't recommend drinking river water. I'm not killing it with the uh, with the metaphors yet. And you drank the water. You wouldn't feel guilty afterwards. There's tons of water there. That's what it is when you spend some money on yourself. And then you feel guilty and ashamed afterwards. So then the river, let's say the river was the matrix. The matrix does what you tell it. So then the river goes oh, I'm not supposed to be abundant, and it dries up, okay? There's also a feedback loop with reality. Your situation today has fuck all to do with reality tomorrow. Your situation today is just something that has been previously created. So what happens is people are struggling today, and they say, okay, well, uh, but yeah, it's easy to say, but I'm in this situation, that doesn't have anything to do. That's just the situation that you're in today because that's what you've created up until this point. Also, when I say that it's what you've created, this is not um, finger pointing or blaming people for their experience. And uh, I am trying to give a summary of abundance stuff right now. So obviously, uh, privilege exists. Um, some people's programming is the results of, you know patriarchy, white supremacy, so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of people who have to, pro like, this deprogramming is because there is kind of a malignant 
programming to keep people poor people poor from you know capitalism and the powers that be so i'm not uh when i say when i talk about like your programming or or what you've created up until this point i'm talking about kind of an unconscious thing that's happened because we are just now finding out that we are creating this shit it's so fucking interesting you've been programmed to create things a certain way for yourself while creating an abundant timeline for someone else because whenever you're like those billionaires just keep getting richer guess what you're doing you're pointing their, your perception at their abundance, right? It is, it does suck. Fuck them, right? I don't like it. I think being a billionaire is disgusting. But every time you say Jeff Bezos is getting richer, you're helping Jeff Bezos get richer. You're actually using energy that should be for making yourself more abundant. I'm not, I'm not, listen, we all know I want to um, set them on fire, but I also, um, recognize that me pointing my perception at that is like I am facilitating more richness for them okay so I don't know there's like we want to create awareness but like let's focus on your abundance okay so um a lack of attachment is necessary here and this is the catch-22 this is the thing that I think about all the time is like I feel like if you gave me people for a week I could teach them how to create abundance. So I'm like, I'll start like a camp. You come to the camp and then we could create abundance. However, when you're trying to feed your kids or you're about to get evicted, it's very difficult to detach in the way that you have to detach when you're creating something. So we have to find a way. My dream is to find a way to like give scholarships to people that are like, here's your bills are paid for six months. Now, here's how you hack abundance because they're not on survival mode because survival mode, the hamster wheel does it's the wrong energy to create in. So the two cup method is great because it's set it and forget it. Okay. You have to figure out what you want and you have to be very clear with what you want. Uh, getting out of debt is a priority right now. I think all kinds of debt, the debt of, uh, codependent relationships, the debt of, um, over enmeshed familial relationships, the debt, financial debt, um, all kinds of debt. So an example of what you would say on the two-cup method, okay, so the two-cup method, you have two glasses. In the left glass, there's a little bit of water, and the right glass is empty. On the left glass, this represents the timeline that you are currently on. So let's say you're $50,000 in debt. On the right glass, you put financially free. It's very important that you don't put on the new timeline the thing that you don't want, okay? So if you're talking about debt on the left glass, you would never say out of debt, getting out of debt, debt-free. You wouldn't mention debt, okay, because this timeline doesn't – you don't carry that over. If you are in a toxic relationship, you want to be happily single. You wouldn't say out of the toxic relationship, broken up with so-and-so, whatever, okay? Feel your feelings in – the first glass. So, okay, I'm in debt. I'm just feeling of the, the heaviness, whatever. Um, and then pour the water into the second glass. When you pour the water into the second glass, that's essentially you taking your reality and putting it into the new timeline. Then sit there for a while and meditate. Feel the new timeline. Feel what it feels like to be on that new timeline. Feel what it would feel like to not have to pay a ton of attention to your bills every fucking day. Feel like what it would feel like to be able to spend a couple extra dollars on yourself, whatever. When you feel like you're really in that timeline, drink the water. Put those labels away, wash the glasses, put them away, and then do not stress on it, okay? Do not fucking stress on it. Let it do its thing. For me, when I did the cups last year, it was like three months before I got the things, what did happen the day after I did the cups was everything fell apart. Everything that I was trying to get away from. The relationship that I was, like, couldn't stop cycling in um, but needed to let go of went away. The, uh, the income that I was getting at the time was burdensome, and it came with a bunch of bullshit. And so uh, that income went away. So I suddenly had no income and no way to pay my bills. When the towers come, that is a confirmation. If you don't want your job and you get fired from your job, that is a confirmation. It's really easy to go to sleep in those moments, but that is actually a confirmation that you have manifested the timeline that you want. Let those timelines fall apart. 
if there is something actionable that you can do to work towards your goal, do that. But do not be like, I did the cups and they didn't work. You shouldn't be thinking about that fucking at all. I did the cups. I said it. I forget it. If there's action to be taken, take the action. Other tips. I see timelines as like lined up for infinity in kind of a gradient to your personal uh, experience right now. The thing that you need to overcome when jumping timelines is your own belief in whether or not something is possible. This is why when people win the lottery, they end up poor again because they don't have they haven't they don't have the programming of someone who is living in wealth. And so they never did anything about the programming, so they just go back to their baseline, okay? For people who want to switch jobs, and I'm just making up numbers here, but let's say you make $30,000 a year right now working a corporate job that you hate, and you want to be doing some sort of service work. You want to do something with animals. Uh, my recommendation, unless you've been manifesting for a long time, and if you've been manifesting for a long time, don't take my fucking advice. This is manifesting 101 is do not try to take do not try to get 30 fucking timelines over until you know how to make those jumps okay because you won't sustain them they'll get really unstable um or you won't be able to perceive it an opportunity will pop up and you won't take it because it'll be too risky if you want to switch careers leave your income the same and so those cups would say making thirty thousand dollars a year working a corporate job and the next cup would say making thirty thousand dollars a year rescuing dogs okay that timeline is believable to you because your standard of living is believable i don't recommend gigantic leaps in your standard of living because they're much harder to make i recommend if you're making uh thirty thousand dollars a year right now barely making ends meet, I recommend doing a jump to $50,000 a year, $40,000 a year, and then get comfortable in that, I, I call it stair-stepping, get comfortable in that lifestyle and then hop again. These things are much easier to do when it's believable to you. If you're married and your husband has always paid your bills and you're used to a lifestyle of $80,000 a year and you're splitting up and you're going to go get your own job, you can probably hop to $80,000 a year because you're accustomed to that lifestyle, right? Even though you, let's say you've been a housewife and you've never made that money, you're still accustomed to that lifestyle. That's a believable hop for you. Someone who's making $30,000 a year and tries to do a timeline jump to being a famous actress making a million, it's just not, it, uh, it is possible for like someone who hops timelines all the time, but for someone who's just learning to manifest, you have a strong part of you that doesn't believe that this is real. And so you should be manifesting smaller things. And then once you get it and you're in it for a second and you're like, okay, you'd be surprised. $30,000 and $50,000 doesn't feel as different. Like once you hop onto that timeline, you're like, oh, fucking weird. You can stair step up. Then once you've been manifesting for a year or two, you just, you can create anything. I just jump off of cliffs constantly now because like I know that I'll create something. It just comes in so stupid. It's so stupid. Another thing that I noticed while manifesting is as long as I had credit cards, I just managed more, I, I manifested more debt. I'll probably never have another credit card as long as I live because there's just, I would just like, I would try to manifest $5,000 and then I would get a $5,000 increase in my credit card. It was like the only thing I believed was possible. Then when I split up for my ex-husband, I like had been manifesting money through him while I stayed home with the kids. And I just kept, I was like manifesting raises for him. Um, it is the wallet, right? So you have to have a believable way for things to come in. And then as always, if there are actionable steps, then do it. So if you are someone who wants to leave your corporate job, and you want to do some sort of work. I don't know why it's just service, but you know, like you want to be a healer, you want to be a tarot reader, you want to be whatever. There's a lot of mental shit that comes up and it's like, yeah, how are we going to do that? How are we going to get people? None of that, then none of that's your fucking business. Create the thing, create the art, create a place for people to look for it and, and then focus on the art and the thing that you're creating. Let the universe figure out. It's a, it's abundant. It's abundant. Create wallets for the universe to give you money. If you want to open up a business, spend your time and energy on that thing. Spend your time. If you want to move, spend your time and energy researching and take it out of the want to and move it into the need to. This is the other thing. I feel like I harp on the same basic things in abundance, but these are the fucking keys. 
a lot of people are like, I want this thing, but they don't make it happen. I know that jumping off of cliffs creates a need. So now I have to survive. I have no fucking choice but to survive. So a lot I talked before about people who say, like, I want a new apartment. And they're like, well, then go get a new apartment. And they're like, I will when I have some extra money. And I'm like, how are you going to get the extra money? And they're like, I don't know. This is fantasy land shit. Let that same person get evicted. Let their landlord tell them, hey, I'm selling this place. And they'll have a new apartment in 30 days. Why? Because they have to. It's finding ways to force yourself into the have to. I don't recommend quitting your job to get a new business. If you want your own business, work every minute that you can on your new business. And that's you pouring that water into the new timeline. It will collapse the old timeline. Then you just have to stay awake while the old timeline falls apart. This is exactly what we are living in right now. Okay, We are living in the collapse of the old timeline because we started to invest in the new timeline. So we just have to stay awake. And it's sad and it's hard. Be productive in the fact that it's sad and hard. It's like you, it, uh, it drives me nuts that people are suffering. It drives me. I don't like the sensation of doing well while other people aren't. I hate it. I can uh, try to convince myself and other people that I'm having a worse time than I'm having. That doesn't do anything. It's a performative. Or I can just take all my extra time and energy and be of service to people and make it as easy for people as possible. And it bothers me that it is that one starfish back to the ocean, which is that, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if this is a Christian thing or what, but that somebody saw that there was a million starfish on the beach and uh, was like, oh my God, they're all going to die. And then was just like throwing them back. And then was like, oh my God, I'm only getting one, you know what I mean? I'm only getting one back. I'm not doing anything. And then someone said, to, I'm probably butchering this. Someone said to them, uh, but you just change the life of that one starfish. And so that's kind of, you know, we might look at the world and see it falling apart and people suffering and being like, I'm not doing enough, but like do something. Help. If you feel like helping, don't just wallow in guilt and shame and don't just identify with what's falling apart for the sake of identifying with what's falling apart. Every time you create an abundant timeline for yourself, and I don't, when I'm saying abundant, I just mean like in flow, okay? I don't, and this is where I disagree with a lot of new age people, I don't really agree with people hacked into abundance um, just using that for the acclimation of wealth. I don't. It, Okay, I don't, I don't give a fuck what anyone else does. I'm going to st stop trying to be so sanctimonious and judgmental. For me, that doesn't resonate. For me, it's like living in flow. If I need something, I get it, whatever. But for the most part, you know, what I, I want to see as a more collective, like socialist, if we could be socialist without the government running shit, you know? We taking care of each other. We? Us? Anyway. Um, but sometimes I get overwhelmed by the idea of like how much suffering there is. But if we're all out there and we're being of service to others, there's a lot of things that happen. Energetically, it changes the timeline. I do think the government's going to get their shit together. I don't know why. I could be wrong. But it does just feel like I was on unemployment during the um, 99 weeks during the recession. And they would do this thing, the Republicans would do this thing where they let it run out because in their fantasy world, we were all just purposely not working. Okay, I was actually uh, not looking for a job too hard. I was a comedian, you know what I mean? But um, so they would like let you like struggle for a couple weeks and then they would extend it. And in their head, people were running back and finding work. There was really no jobs at that point, but the people would run back and find work. So... Um, I'm mostly concerned about the eviction part of it. I think the unemployment will come back. But anyway, uh, I have readings I got to get to. I feel like that was so much of my fucking babbling. Next week I'll have a guest. Lucky for you guys. Uh, readings, jessareed.com. There's some open right now. Patreon. Uh, the Patreon is two bonus episodes of Soberish a month. That's it. That's all, that's all that tier is uh, for $5. You get two bonus episodes a month. And then whatever bullshit kick I'm on, I like do posts in there because I left the Facebook group. I did leave the Facebook group. There's mods in there now. I have no fucking idea. You guys can have. I don't can't handle it. Um, the $10 tier is energy updates. They're like live updates. We get together, talk shit. They're like once a week or something. And then the $20 tier is live streams, usually about that week's episode. I'm still trying to get that um, worked out. And then uh, that's patreon.com forward slash Jessa Reed. And um, I 
think that's it. I will see you guys soon. Thank you.